Shut up and sit down. Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Limited Upside Podcast. This is our We're Sorry We Weren't Able to Do a Podcast After Game 7 of the NBA Finals sorry. Podcast. It's my fault. Mike was sick. It's okay. This sick. happens. No, um, no, no. Actually, we were we were planning to do one on uh, not, mon- not Sunday to Monday because that was just too much. Right. It was going to be Monday night or Tuesday night or Tuesday during the day. I forget which one. In that realm, and I came down with a stomach virus, That's right. and we that got torpedoed. And because Ben doesn't know anything about technology, he yeah, couldn't find a guest to stand in, and yeah. it all fell apart. We're really sorry. Uh, great win by the Cavs. Uh, we're I'm stunned. I don't know. If uh, congratulations stunned. to all of Cleveland. Uh, I, uh, Mike Pino, who comes on our podcast, predicted this. Uh, That's so right, he did. Mike, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Um, you were right. I think you even said in seven over Golden State. So uh, kudos to you know, LeBron and Kyrie for really becoming a superstar before our very eyes. He was an all-star and an Olympian, and now he's a, a superstar from the way he played in the NBA Finals and, and really flipped the narrative completely on Steph Curry. Uh, and uh, and you got to believe, man, that, that Draymond Green suspension really torpedoed the uh, the chances for Golden sure State. Did. It was, it's amazing. It was, a, it was a real kick in the balls to their title hopes. Big kick in the balls. <laughs> and, um, and I guess you, you get what you, what you give uh, in mm-hmm. this regard. Um, but uh, we also wanted to, more importantly, we're doing this late at night. It's like 11 o'clock almost uh, of the NBA draft, June 23rd. Um, 2016 NBA draft. My Philadelphia 76ers got the number one pick in the draft. We took Ben Simmons. Uh, we took a couple Euros with the 24th and 26th picks. That's the Sixers. Uh, the big things to happen tonight, though, uh, tonight though, Mike. Uh, the first and foremost big thing, a trade that has happened. The second thing is a trade or potential trade that might happen. Doesn't the, look like it's going to happen. Though. At least tonight. But the big trade of the night, and I want to get your immediate thoughts on the winners, the losers, the winner or the loser, I should say. Uh, that is Serge Ibaka has been traded. Uh, from the Thunder, part of the big three in Oklahoma City that almost went to the NBA Finals has been traded, Serge Ibaka, to the Orlando Magic for a poo-poo platter of really good good players, potentially. It's not really a poo-poo platter. Well, and by poo-poo platter, I mean <laughs> multiple players. Um, they, the pick they had, uh, Sabonis, um, and then Victor Oladipo, Ilyasova. Am I missing anybody else? Just those three. But those three players are going to go to Oklahoma City. So, Mike, what's your immediate reaction to this trade? I'm a little surprised just because it all made sense that the Thunder might trade Serge Ibaka. I didn't think they would have the guts to pull it off with Durant as a free agent. Yeah, so, I would be scared of that. And Sam Presti's not me. Sam Presti is not scared. You know, and here's why the Thunder were thinking about trading Ibaka. You think about first of all, his production has declined. He, I think, there's like a little bit of disappointment there that he hasn't become like mm-hmm. this dominant player he looked like he was going to become. Now, my opinion is that Serge Ibaka is still really good. In fact, I think he sacrificed a lot of his game. I think he's kind of a great veteran player in that he didn't become that because the team couldn't really accommodate that, but that's neither here nor there. He didn't become that, and then he's a free agent next year, uh, and they have a two. if they keep Durant, which obviously is a big question. Huge question. They got Russell Westbrook's new deal coming up in 17. Maybe a new deal for Durant if he goes to the one plus one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you have Steven Adams coming off a max contract. That's, right. That's a lot of money. And you have to worry about a Bacchus free agency. And you still have maybe Andre Robertson to yep. worry about. You still have Cantor under contract. That's a lot. And you, know what you might as well like? trade a Baca. Yeah. 
before you get yeah. it, you know, before you lose get him for nothing. Too. I'll I, use an analogy for you. Um, I can't even take full credit. In fact, I lost a bet on the NBA Finals. So Rick Ellis, who's probably listening, is a good friend of mine. Uh, I lost a bet to Rick. He's going to appear on this podcast at some point this summer, by the way. Oh, uh, hey. Yeah. All right. So uh, <laughs> that's part of it. Now I owe him a dinner. Uh, he didn't even, this is because there were no points involved. We just straight up bet on the NBA Finals. Game 7, who would win? And he let me have Golden State. I regret that now. Having said that, Rick made this great point. The NBA system at the at this moment is such that, Mike, you fully understand the economics of basketball, almost, even though there's probably like a large gap still between you and the person who's oh, actually sure. a GM. I'm but sure there is. The average fan is so confused by why. Not a trade like this would happen, but the actual reasoning behind it, the financial system the NBA has put in place, and the Oklahoma City Thunder continually have picked finances over what's happening on the court. Now, that's, now that that's may be to, true. Whether that's to improve themselves, we don't know how this, I'm not saying this is a win or lose situation. I'm just saying they look ahead to what they have to sign and they make hard decisions. They did they it do. with Harden to keep Ibaka. They're doing it with Ibaka to keep Adams. And I feel like mm-hmm. Presti's always monitoring that, does not want to get into luxury taxes. Well, with I, the expanded, you know, it may not be his choice, but right, they may be right. in the luxury tax anyway. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. Like, I know the payroll's jumping $110 million, but let's say you know, Durant's first year, if it's 35% of a $110 million cap, I mean, I, I'm, I'm t- it's too late to do like really serious math here, but that's a lot of money. Add that for Westbrook, the same. Although I guess he's thirty percent, so that's what about one in three of one ten. That's you know thirty five, thirty six, thirty seven million dollars. Yep. Adams is going to be twenty five percent of one ten. Yep. I mean a quarter of that. That's you know in somewhere uh, it's like twenty eight, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. I, again, it's a little late for math for me. <laughs> they may be in the luxury tax anyway, and they just may have not no. They, yeah. it, even if like they they want to pay it, they may have no choice. Well, so, so let me ask you this: It appears that just from what we've, we don't even have a confirmation of what type of reaction Durant had, but Woj did report that the Thunder made sure to get. I believe he said like a reaction. I think he said you can be sure. That, yes. they, that they got a reaction. That's a little cryptic. It I mean, is. like, what is, I mean, I can get you to react to something Any, very easily, anything but. Anything is a reaction. It doesn't, right. What does that mean? So, anyhow, but the point <laughs> is, though, that, like, there's something interesting at play here. Oladipo is a DC Metro kid. Durant's a DC point. Metro Interesting kid. point. Maybe if it's not being able to go home, it's bringing some home or what he would feel comfortable with, who would also. I'm not going to talk about the fit necessarily with Westbrook. It's it's hard for me to visualize and project those two in a backcourt together, but I do think that I know that Oklahoma City fan, fans have been craving a two-guard that they can wrap their brain around. Um, I don't think Waiters is ever that guy. He's more of your six-man. It could be Oladipo. Maybe Oladipo needed a fresh start. Maybe the full potential of Serge Ibaka. You're right. Maybe he held some back and that he will be 20-10 and 10 and can be a leader and the best player potentially mm-hmm. on the Magic. Maybe that's where this works out and it's a good trade for both teams, but it appears like the Thunder got a big haul for a guy they might not have been signing anyhow. Yeah, I think that's a they did get a good haul. Tom Ziller just posted on this and he mm. thinks they got a great haul. Sure. You know, what is Victor Oladipo right now? It's a tough question to answer. Obviously, he comes in, number two pick, uh, has this great pedigree. I'm not sure he ever really got anywhere with Orlando. He kind of is what he started with. Agreed. He, you know, 
Not a great shooter. A little out of control driving to the basket. Is he a one? Is he a two? I'm not really sure. He's had some setbacks. You know, he yeah. started, I think, his second year with that face injury, and that yep. really held him back. Broke his cheek, right? Yeah. It, the oh. fit with Alfred Payton's a little awkward. They had a lot of guys. I think he'll play better in Oklahoma City. Uh, yeah. And this is an interesting gamble. You know, this also mm-hmm. means they don't necessarily have to bring waiters back. Maybe they spend that money somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I think that and Ilyasova, I think, is a pretty solid player. I've always been a fan of his. Yeah. I think you can play him at the four, somewhat Durant. He can play 20, 25 minutes a game. Yeah, he can shoot, though. He can we, shoot. We know that. And they need shooting now because yeah. they just traded a really solid outside shooter. Yeah. Yeah. And you have Adams up front, and you can now roll out this defensive lineup. And Sabonis could be a good player. We, mm-hmm. He just was picked 11 overall or whatever. Yeah. He's got a good pedigree. He's got a nice game. I think he's been described as like somewhere between like a Mitch McGarry with actual skills. Mm-hmm. They have Mitch McGarry with no skills on their bench, so maybe those two together could be a positive <laughs> thing. Um, yeah. yeah. No, that's a, that's a good point. And maybe that opens the door to trading Cantor. I don't sure, know. Sure. Uh, so they, they now have an interesting team, and – I think it's interesting the possibility defensively to roll out Durant, Oladipo, and Robertson. Uh, offensively, a little cramped the spacing. Mm. We'll see how that goes. But, yeah, they might be a better team now. As much as I love Ibaka, uh, they might be a better team now than they were before. Yeah. I mean, now, though, they have to think about, do they keep Oladipo long term? Yeah, it seems year. like they cycle through these like combo yeah. guards. Reggie Jackson, Maynard, yeah. uh, Jeremy Lamb. The thing is, Reggie Jackson is better than those guys. He just plays point guard. Is Reggie Jackson better than Oladipo? I think the yeah, book think is still is. to be written For on sure. Oladipo a little oh, bit. No, I, I'm very curious. I'm, People, uh, he's got the great pedigree and work ethic. I, he was in a weird situation I don't think in Orlando. I, I know what you're saying. Like, I don't know what, what he is. He burst onto the scene at Indiana. Mm-hmm. Like, his, not as a freshman, as a sophomore. Uh, junior, right? Junior was his best year. But like he, as a freshman, he wasn't on the scene. As a sophomore, he it was athletic, defensive stopper. And then his junior year, he put together some ball handling skills and obviously a, a somewhat of a mid-range jumper. But I don't think he's ever really been like the same way. Look, Evan Turner was picked second in the draft. He's no more than a journeyman who's going to be a good role player for teams. I don't think Oladipo is at that level, but I think I think he could be a more effective player. But look, he was picked second in it might just been and and he did a thing with the Verge, our website where he he wore Google glasses. Mm-hmm. It. it was cool. He's a really nice guy. He's a smart, intellectual. Or he's a he's an introspective guy, I should say. Mm-hmm. I root for players like that. Jalen Brown, who got drafted tonight. Um, and we could talk about this in a minute. Uh, the actual draft that's happening as we speak, because we're just about done with the as we as we speak to you guys here. We're finishing up the first round of the draft. The Spurs mm-hmm. just got the steal of the first round, getting a guy who was like valued in the top. That would be thirteen. Uh, Dejan- How do you pronounce his name? Dejounte. Deontay Dejante Murray. Deontay Murray. Sorry, we- point guard, uh, guard, athletic guard uh, combo from, from Washington, Washington. Who a lot of people were high on. Of course, the Spurs would get him. It's just like uh-huh. it's just how it was written. But anyhow, um, so you're not totally sold yeah. on Oladipo. No, I'm. I'm. I'm never. I've never been. Like you know, I, mean, I think I'm on this podcast and pretty outspoken about the fact that I've always thought less of Oladipo. Um, I mean, look, I, maybe maybe he just needed to to a change of scenery. We never know these things. He's still young. I hate to kill a guy's career when he's like 24 or whatever he is, but uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. He's playing for a contract and he's playing on a team. Who they has have one year expectations. now. Yeah, they have one. Sorry to cut you off. They yeah. have one year now to figure out what they have in him. Yeah. yeah. And like you said, they get more yeah. stuff. Ilyasova is a useful player, and Sabonis could be a good one. Yeah. So I think they definitely sold high. I just wonder, is Ibaka the kind of player, and we can transition now to talk a little bit about Orlando, mm-hmm. is Ibaka the kind of player you kind of only appreciate when he's gone? When you think about mm. 
His combination of skills is very unique. You think about it, the way he sacrificed the character he has, the way he kind of is a mentor off the court, uh, and the way – I think his production is down because his athleticism has declined, but I think a lot of the reason it's down is that he's got a space of floor for the Thunder drives, and yeah. he. I think he needed to sacrifice some rebounding and interior defense to kind of facilitate Adams' rise. You're and right. I think that's what makes him really valuable, and I think now Orlando gets to benefit from that kind of ability yeah. – to kind of fit him in, and he sort of is like this guy that helps everyone. Yeah, he's going to make Vucevic better. Mm-hmm. I, he's going to make Aaron Gordon better. I, yeah. I promise you that. I think it's really interesting to see now hmm. how he fits with Aaron Gordon. I think that's a really interesting fit. I mean, that's an athletic, uh, aggressive around the basket duo. They could. I, I think you're talking me into this, Mike. Mm-hmm. I think it might be a win for both teams. I would love. I think actually, like the fan in me would love to see Orlando now trade Vucevic and kind of just play Ibaka at the five and go. You know, super small, uh, but I and also I think now this clears the way to keep Evan Fournier, who played well for them last year, although mm-hmm. he, he tailed mm-hmm. off late. And now you have a team that at least makes more sense. You've got some shooting around four about Peyton Fournier. You've got a Baca, you have Vucevic, you have Aaron Gordon. You still have Hazonia, yeah, uh, who will be playing. You, you a lot don't more. need more young players. Yeah. I just, I just wonder like if they. The Magics now have to think have the same problem that the Thunder do, which is, what do you do with the Bach after next year? And that's the question the yeah. Thunder trade out of, and now the Magic have trade into. I feel like the Magic have to sign him, though. Right, I think it so. Kind of gets answered with what you gave up. Maybe they'll do like an extension sign with all the cap space they have if they strike out. Mm. Um, I think you look at the, the Magic entered the summer with a lot of cap room. Yep, uh, and. Could they have done any better in this summer than Serge Ibaka? I'm not so sure. Hmm. So maybe what they do is they do an extension and sign using their cap space like what Denver did with Gallinari. That's right. You know, the more you think about it, I think it is a move that makes sense for both teams. Well, So here's the second question then. I guess there's the first part of this, which is it's good for both teams, et cetera. It's bad for – or it's not – I guess we want to say who the winners and losers are. The second part of the question, uh, I guess, then becomes – Less about the winners and losers and, and more um, is this something Kevin Durant will like, and we can't answer that. Ultimately, the fate of the Oklahoma City franchise is in Kevin Durant's hands. I mean, they, yeah. they, they have a special thing right now that you, you get so close to something like the, the NBA Finals, the opportunity to play in one, be a game away from playing in another. They know how how fragile health is, obviously, Um I guess what well, remains to be seen. The second question will be answered uh, in a few weeks when free agency starts. Yeah. I, I anticipate it being – I think it's going to be a short free agency, and I think that Durant's going to re-sign in Oklahoma City. You think so? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I don't – obviously, I don't know what he's well, thinking. give some credit to my buddy Eddie on that. He thinks that, too. He's an Oklahoma City Thunder fan, but he's also uh, someone who's been pretty right on a lot of stuff with them, so I'll give okay. him the credit. But. Well, yeah, we don't know what he's going to do. Yep. We don't know if this is something that he's neutral about, Yep. something that he – He's upset about something that he's actually kind of happy about. Yeah. We don't really know. But I will flip a question to you then, Mike, because I know we've been talking about this trade. I want to, I want to move this to, the, to another trade that mm. hasn't happened yet. It might not happen. But, but my God, there was so much speculation tonight. Before any picks had been made, I guess it all kind of spiked with the, uh, with the uh, third pick in the draft when the Celtics got there and they were the first team to be rumored him. But Jimmy Butler has been the hot topic name tonight around the draft who hasn't moved. There was almost a huge trade involving Jimmy Butler and the Minnesota Timberwolves at the fifth pick when Dunn went there, when Chris Dunn was picked fifth overall. 
Chris Dunn's been rumored in like every single trade, and Thibodeau, the GM, is probably way in over his head right now for his first draft. You think, just, well, it's a lot happening. And he almost happening. got reunited with uh, Jimmy with Butler. Butler. So, do you think that that's a first off, Mike? If that were to happen in some capacity, what and say Zach Levine is a principal part of it? Uh, uh, the well, the, the rumor Dunn, is that that uh, the Timberwolves said no when the Bulls asked for Levine and Dunn, and because they uh, they had offered Rubio and they did not want him. The Bulls did not necessarily. Agree. A lot of interesting. I wonder if the full story is going to come out here eventually because on the on the surface, this is sort of baffling for both teams to me. If you're Chicago, why are you trading Jimmy Butler? Yep, he's still pretty young. He's got a great contract. You didn't exactly make a rebuilding move with Derrick Rose. Okay, you got Jerry and Grant, but you added salary long term. Yep, and now you're going to make a rebuilding move with a better player. Uh, it seems a little baffling to me yeah. on the surface, not knowing again. Anything going on beyond the the surface, and anything if if Butler has really become a problem in the locker room after you had yeah. some weird issues, or if I think it seems odd to me that that would be the reason you would trade him, but maybe there's more there. And then if you're Minnesota, I mean, look, Zach Levine could be really good, but he's still like kind of who knows with him. I know he had a good end of the second half of the year, still a prospect. I know he has a lot of upside, yeah. but that he may never work. He may never become half the a quarter of the player Jimmy Butler is right now. Yeah. You never know. And it's, it's true. And Dunn, look, Dunn seems to really like Chris Dunn. It sounds like now they may look to move Rubio. If you you said earlier today um mm-hmm. that you think Butler is a top ten player in this league. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm like that high on him. I think maybe top twenty, but still okay. you're gonna say if you're the Timberwolves and you're gonna pass on the chance to get that level of talent for just without giving up wings or towns I don't know, man. You might you might be thinking about if you really pass yeah. on that, you might have to think about that one for a little bit. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I think it's one thing if you can get your hands on a guy like a Jimmy Butler and you can feel comfortable about it not changing the trajectory of your team. Like it, that pushes you in a whole different direction. That moves you closer to win now. It moves your whole window up a number of years, and they're building a nucleus of of legitimately twenty and twenty one and twenty two year olds. So, I mean, think about like all high school guys or college guys, I should say, in terms of where they should actually be if they were to play every qualified year. Uh, and that's the nucleus of this team. Jimmy Butler is his mid-20s and he's, he's a bona fide NBA player right now. It becomes Jimmy Butler's team. It should be Carl Anthony Towns' team. That's a good point. Um, so that's you know one thing to, to do with it. It's also going to be much harder to develop Wiggins as, an, as a more dominant offensive player, which he probably needs to get to to fulfill his potential if you're going to have a Butler there. So I can see why it might be hmm. something to think about from a fit perspective, but it's similar to the Ibaka deal if you're Orlando, insofar as if you can get the best player in the deal, you have to be okay with cutting a few losses. And if you're going to get Jimmy Butler in this, you've got to be okay with saying, we just got to hope Levine doesn't get there. Yeah. You know, because I think you might be right. Levine might end up being a bust, but then he shows glimpses where he'll have, you know, a solid 25, 10 and 8 game with four blocks and yeah. five highlights. And you're like, good God, this guy could be incredible. He looked really good once they finally realized he's not a point not guard a point. and right, they right. played him with Rubio. Yeah, that's a good point. And Butler and Wiggins are very similar players. Mm-hmm. And Butler has proven to be a little bit of a dominating personality in some capacities sure. this year. I think he just – it's like a lot happened to him really quick in terms of his rise, and it's tough to handle that. Yes. Uh, so I, I'm not sure that that's going to carry over. But you do raise a good point that it does sort of raise the timeline for Minnesota in a way that I don't know if they're that's totally worth it. Mm-hmm. Then again, are you – like Townsend Wiggins, yes, maybe they both become better than Jimmy Butler. But are you ever going to get the chance to yeah, get yeah. a guy that good? And that's again the other thing we, we've talked rise? about. If you have five first number one picks in the draft or five top five picks, 
over the next five years, are any of those picks going to be as good as Jimmy Butler? Right. And that's, look, these are the questions. This is why the draft's so amazing. I'd like to also note the first round has officially ended at 10.58 p.m. Mm-hmm. That was a three-and-a-half-hour first round. NBA, get your stuff together, And only please. one real big trade. I mean, yeah, but it shouldn't ever take that long. Right. There's only 30 picks, okay? Yeah. Uh, with Chicago, though, like, what? Yep. Sorry. I mean, quick aside on that. I'm not. I'm just confused. I well, they, they there must be, be more here yeah. than what meets. Now, if they hadn't gotten that Minnesota offer, and that was really something they could have done, they now really reboot. Their core is basically done. In Levine now is your backcourt, and you have Miritich, and you have. I mean, what else are you exactly rebuilding around? Right. 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 Uh, that, that's the thing. When you come as close as they did to being in the finals, um, you know you have to you have to understand what limited you in getting, getting there or what you fell short on. Whatever. The thing is, they got they fell short because of a f- couple freak injuries to a guy's leg, the aging process that got expedited by having Thibodeau as a coach who ran some players into the ground. Mm-hmm. Can't understate that. They probably had a two year extra window if they played a different system. Not saying they would have been as successful in the smaller in the short term, which they were. But when you get that close, I think it leaves you with far more questions than, in, per se, a team who's really far away. Um, because when you're that close and you have to decide, are we still a contender? It, how long can we keep this window open? Is this our core? You know, a guy like Noah's going to leave. He was the heart and yeah. soul of the Bulls when they were oh, at the best. Gasol is leaving. Exactly. And, and probably next year you would think that Gibson is leaving. Yep. He's a free agent. And these were the yeah, guys. Yeah, they, they are sort of caught now in a limbo period now. Okay, so they have Butler. Really good player. What else do they have? Mirtich, useful. They have McDermott, who uh, had a decent year. I know sure. you laugh, but he had a pretty good year. No, he was fine. But I'm saying, like, yeah. McDermott and, now, and Mirtich, now we're naming tertiary players. Okay. These are the compensatory parts of teams. Well, I think Mirtich could be better than that. I mean, he had a bad year this year. Yeah, so he's I like, thought, a, he's but like a, maybe a starter six man guy. I'm saying I think like, he could start. I mean, building your core again. You right. traded Rose, you want to trade Butler, maybe Gasol's gone, Noah's gone. Like I'm saying, building your core again, like every team's trying to do. Um, well, you're bottoming yeah. out if you trade Butler. For sure, for sure. Right. For sure, and I, for sure. I think that they're, they're Chicago. They have some spending power. I think they can get good quickly while Butler is still in his prime. But yeah. maybe they've made the calculation he's not. I'm just, I'm just a little surprised that that move didn't happen if that was what it was. Because yeah. I think there's reason for both teams to do it. And neither oh, did. And it's now, what do you do? What do you do if you're Butler coming back to the Bulls, knowing that it was this close? And I mean, I, I guess it still technically could happen over the. Couldn't next, agree more, Mike. I hate. Over, I hate. I feel so bad for the players who their names get drugged through all this. They're sensitive people. Butler was on uh, Bill Simmons' podcast, you know, like a week and a half ago. He's an interesting, thoughtful person. Mm-hmm. He follows the news. He hears his name. He cares where he lives, where his family lives, his brothers that live with him. It matters when you hear your name being circulated in these things, but then not just circulated, like you are the principal name in trades in the NBA for a night. That has to affect you. You're I wonder, a, a conspiracy theory part of me, and look, I'm just speculating here, go, go makes it. me wonder if the Bulls were okay with this being kind of public as a mm-hmm. way to sort of pet, knock him down a peg. I'm just speculating. I don't know. But mm-hmm. it was interesting to me how this thing seemed like it was very close to the end line. At yep. least you believe the reporting. That's what they advanced talks. It was. I uh, wonder if that was out there for a reason from their perspective. <laughs> Conspiracy theorists. I Mike. just wonder because because if they really were like this close to trading him, I don't no. think it makes any sense. 
I just when you look at how his contract is yeah. and the way he's grown as a player, I mean, he's the still he fair, took from two years ago to last year. Yeah, he's yeah. still pretty young. He's got a great contract under the old kind of salary structure. You can get a bet, a max player around him. Yep. You're committing to a full on rebuild with like really not that great pieces if you trade nope. him. Yeah. It doesn't make sense oh, to that, me that unless a- you were to say you know what, Jimmy? Like you kind of acted out a little bit last year. Like we we're gonna <laughs> knock you down a peg. That's I'm right. just saying. I don't know if that's what it is. Yeah. But the, I, I just that's an explanation that may make a little more sense than them really being close to trading him. <sighs> oh man, Hoiberg's got a mess of trouble on his hands. That's all I can tell you. Um, all right, let's just quick hit real quick, Mike. The draft has the first round has concluded. We could tell you. With some certainty who's staying where or who's going where at the moment, but you know, trades do go down the road. The Celtics thus far have had an uh, interesting night. Danny Ainge, the king of speculation, legit, or the queen of speculation. Sorry, Celtics fans. <laughs> well, that's uh, wait, wait, wait. That's nah, kind of mean. Okay, look, here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. I think they got very greedy with their third pick and it backfired, or at least it appears that way as the first round has gone over. They just traded their 31st and 35th pick in the draft, which are their two top second round picks, to the Clippers for a 2019 pick. Yeah, it looks like they basically kicked the can down the road on all their other picks. They basically drafted... I don't even know how you pronounce this. This European, is going to be fun. Go European for it, Mike. Guy, guy's name. These are so uh, difficult. They called, with the 23rd pick they got, I think, Ante Zizic. Don't forget the 16th pick. And man. for the 16th pick, they <laughs> took, uh, man, what is this guy's Come name? Come on, man. It starts with a G. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. His last name is Yabuseli. Yabuseli. Uh, Gershon Yabuseli. Yeah. Now these guys may be look. I I can't, I'm not gonna fake it. I don't really know these guys. Are. Third overall too. Yeah. So I'm not gonna that. fake it. I don't know who these 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 no. guys are. And and I'm not they may be really good. I I don't know, but they were certainly drafted in part. I mm-hmm. think because they didn't have to come over right away, and they don't have enough room for all these draft picks. Yeah. This is the problem that Boston has sort of. They're almost become too good at this rebuilding thing yeah. that they everybody knows that they have all these picks. So if you're another team. Why would you take, uh, you know, accept a lesser package, knowing that the Celtics have so much in reserve that they, you give them your good player, and then they can take everything else they have and build another super team? Yeah. Why would you? No, you know, don't want to help the Celtics. I agree. Right, and He's especially after last year, where they had they reportedly, and I think it's very clear that this is true, they offered four draft picks for Justice Winslow. Yeah. And, yeah. and if you're another team, you say, well, you offered four picks of Justice Winslow. I mean, you want Gordon Hayward. You yeah. want Chris Middleton. You want Jimmy Butler. Like, yeah. you're going to have to pay a little more than that. Those guys yeah. are actually good. I totally agree. And I think we should be, we would be remiss, I should say, if we didn't mention Ben Simmons went one, Brandon Ingram went two. The surprise here, I think, those two were set in stone before today. And and, and you're happy with Ben Simmons. I'm happy with Simmons. I feel like Lakers Nation um, is happy with, with Ingram. I think that both fan bases are appeased. Uh, it's a nice feeling, to be totally honest. Not that I feel like good for Lakers fans. I'm happy that they're happy. But it's just nice to know this wasn't like one of those situations where I have to feel slighted for a, a third consecutive year for the terrible season that happened. I always say the, the most fun part of the Sixers season is usually a few days after the NBA Finals have ended because we become a center of attention until about the end of tonight, uh, the NBA draft. So I'm happy with Simmons. Uh, Lakers are probably happy with Ingram. And then Jalen Brown, who... Who goes three to Boston, and I like Jalen Brown. He's an interesting um, prospect. And he's an interesting guy. Mike, why is he so interesting to you specifically? Well, I said this on our pre-draft live show, and I, I think I want to repeat it here. It seems to me like there are four interesting intersections that Brown represents that are kind of have big 
trend things happening in the league. I can't talk this late. Big trend things. What is that? Big Mike's an editor. He's <laughs> big trend things. Big big, big things. <laughs> One is one is uh, just style play. There aren't that many big three four types. Every it seems like every team is like, oh, if that team had like Jay Crowder or even Damari Carroll or like a good three four like six eight dude who can shoot threes, that team would be really interesting. Like, but there just aren't that many of those guys. Jalen Brown could be one of those guys, yeah, and. Yeah. Clearly, the league values that. Sure. Or Danny Ainge values that. He just he he doesn't have the stroke yet, but they can work on that. Fades uh, on everything. And who better? It seems like they're sort of commandeering the market on those guys when you talk about him and mm-hmm. Jay Crowder. I will say, I have a, a bunch of my closest friends went to Berkeley, and they loved them. Go Bears! Remember, they absolutely love Jalen Brown because of the person he is. I know this is another yeah. part you want to get. Well, to. let's get to that. Yeah. I think uh, another is just the one and done thing. I mean, this is a guy that was highly touted recruit and sort of had an uneven year. And how much does that one year matter? I think within the specter of the possibility of the one and done rule going away because of a lack of information mm. that these teams feel that's sort of interesting that they kind of didn't really care that he was a little uneven. He wasn't as good a college player as Jamal Murray, as Buddy yep. Healed, as uh, even uh, Chris Dunn. Uh, um, who, almost all the other guys drafted in, in the first round and the first better, ten were better college. And Jamal Murray is also a freshman, to be clear. So it's yeah, not yeah. like it's not like. It's so only Ben Simmons, so is Ingram. I mean, these guys were- it's not only an age thing. Exactly. Uh, I think, uh, and I guess what was, I'm trying to think of what the third one was. I think um, when you think about. Uh, Intelligence. Well, that was like the, the, the IQ thing is is particularly, I think, really interesting. This is a guy that is very, very bright mm-hmm. and very, uh, yeah, I don't want to say he's like a free thinker. I just think he's a thinker and he's very intellectual. You don't. And that's a great quality for him as a human being, and yep. I'm rooting for the guy, and I think that's great. I wonder, does that carry over to basketball? There's different sorts of intelligence that you have to play the game, and I think a lot of teams now are doing a lot more personality evaluation because ultimately when you draft these guys, you're trying to project if they can improve yeah. long-term. Yeah. And like, there's a little bit of disappointment about this, I think, sometimes. It's sort of silly. I remember there being some consternation when some of these kind of weird questions that these teams ask come out. But a lot of these are like pretty simple psychological problems yeah. Yeah. kind of that psychologists ask anyone. Right. And Which begs the question, should you be asking children? Because this dude's 19 years old. Well, but that's exactly it, right? right. Like, ultimately... As a team, you have to know if this guy is going to have yeah. the capacity to improve. And just looking at what he did before it doesn't give you the full picture. Just kind of looking, watching a game doesn't give the full picture. Just meeting him doesn't give the full picture. Sure. Maybe this hits at it. And it's sort of going to be interesting to see does brain, does kind of, I don't want to say book smart, but intellectual capacity yeah. kind of carry over to basketball yeah. intelligence. Some, when a game that moves so fast, yeah. I wonder, he had like an 18 turnover rate in college. Jesus. I wonder if he overthought a lot of things. Yeah. And you've commented that you think he moves stiffly, a little robotically sometimes, haven't yeah. you? Yeah, I, th- I think he moves stiffly sometimes. I think he leaves his feet to make passes. He does a lot of things that you usually curb at a young age. Uh, wrong on offense. He fades on almost everything. He's a big, strong guy with a good vertical. He needs to go straight up. Um, and that's part of where he releases. He releases from in front of his face. These are all things you can see, though. I mean, you know, he gets drafted third overall, and that's all, uh, that's all obvious stuff in the film. So and when you watch his tapes, the games he's played poorly, 
his head's not there. He looks like someone who's thinking about what he's doing. This is a time we talked about before, Mike, but this is a tennis thing. Like mm-hmm. a lot of times the best tennis players are dudes who just like see ball, hit ball and don't think about the right. mental capacity or don't think about the weight of a point or the gravity right. of the point. Isn't it interesting that we consider like turnovers and this dumb basketball plays when actually they may be happening because someone is too yeah. smart it's in a, some ways. So, Good point. People like kind of. I think this this conversation is uncomfortable for some people, but I think it's it's very important for teams, mm-hmm. and it's going to be interesting to see how like because some of these things that we see on film, you talk about like his basketball, like how much of that is tied to like a psychological thinking too much sort of thing that and can you break that? Uh, can you kind of get the best of both worlds? Yeah. I look at someone like Andre Iguodala, uh, just a really intellectually smart guy, but also someone that has grown into a very instinctual, yeah. smart player. Also a one-year player out of a Pac-10, 12 school. Also someone that maybe looked a little uneven his freshman year has turned into a really, really good player. I don't know if Brown is quite the playmaker that Iguodala is, but right. I think that's an interesting comparison when you look at those two players. Yeah. That's an example of a guy who is intellectually smart but also yeah. has found a way to be basketball smart, and I think that's what yeah. you might see with Jalen Brown. That's why that, he interests me. And part of that intelligence is finding the right niche on a team. Um, mm-hmm. It should be also be noted that Cal went through multiple point guards last year through mm-hmm. injuries. They, one of their other best players, Evan Robb, was another freshman who played power forward. He needed the ball. Another All-American guy. You'll see him in the top 10 next year in the draft. Um, so no there, spacing as yeah, well. So there's other things to, to think about, obviously. And, and, you know, the same way, look, Ben Simmons' team didn't make the NCAA tournament. LSU, Cal Berkeley did. Um, so, you know, there's something to be said for uh, for Brown there. We should just say, uh, I want to, you know, wrap this up, Mike. It's getting... It's getting mighty late, and i got to get home. But what I, what I will say, uh, I think the Suns have had a nice draft so far. Mm-hmm. They ended up with Marquise, Chris, and Dragon Bender. They got Bender at four. They traded to get the eighth pick with uh, Sacramento. They swapped some uh, swapped a pick there, uh, and they got Marquise, Chris. So they just got a front court for the next decade. Yeah, it's funny. They, they, <laughs> you know. The talk was they were going to have to decide between one or the other, and instead they just get both. Yeah, so Which maybe, a, I mean, I wonder if that's going to be a bad thing. I mean, you now are putting two guys sort of in the same development curve age-wise, against each other. I mean... Yeah, they were the two youngest guys picked yeah, in the top 10. Dispassionately, you look at that and say, well, one of them will probably work out, so we're hedging our bets. But you all know that these are not chess pieces. These are humans. I and wonder how yeah. I wonder how they compete against each other. Well, one, uh, one is your stretch four of the future, and the other is your rim protector. But they can... I mean, they should say they could both protect the rim. But mm-hmm. Chris is going to be more of a, a slightly more of an outside threat. And, and Bender seems to have good moves around the basket, aggressiveness, um... They both need to fill into their bodies. Uh, I, I, I have some faith in Phoenix as an organization. I Probably guess. more than I, I do. I don't know. I guess as, as I was saying that, I started questioning <laughs> myself. But yeah. um, no, yeah, but we'll good, good draft picks. Ryan yeah. McDonough generally drafts well. You look yeah. at Devin Booker last year. Certainly, that was a guy they really targeted and did well. Yeah. They've got a good player personnel system over yeah. there. It's all the other stuff that that they struggle with. That's right. So, That's right. is there a guy real quick yeah. before we go? A yeah. guy who went late in this draft than you later than you expected that yeah. you think is a real steal. Sure. Uh, maybe let's say after 15. Sure. Well, I'll give, I'm going to give two. I'll give you the guy who went too early real quick. That's Thon Maker, went number 10. Oh, yeah. We have to talk about that. Thon went 10 to the Bucks, and and he is a uh, you know a YouTube sensation. I've used this multiple times tonight through the various things we've been, we've been doing, Mike. But he's a, you know, he's a guy who people saw his mixtapes and didn't believe it was real, like seven-foot guy doing crossovers. But he's thin. He His age is up for grabs. I don't want to comment on that because I don't know, but he could be older. Who knows? But he... Uh, 
Thon was a guy who people think needs a couple years of D-League um, and, and has have thought that through this entire process. And he moved from in the mid-second round, you know, early second round, late first round to the 10th pick in the draft in about a week, um, yeah. which is almost unprecedented. For your later pick, Mike, who a guy who I— Well, real quick, yeah. can, we, can we talk about sure. Thon real quick? Yeah. I think two interesting things. One, Jeff Schwartz client— Yep. Going to the Bucks, who's right. basically a team of Jeff Schwartz clients. <laughs> Don't think that's a coincidence. The other thing is, if you're in this draft, and this is a we, we've established that this is sort of a weak draft up top, why not roll the dice? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you've already passed the top eight prospects. Who who would you have taken instead? I mean, you look at the guys that went after there. I mean, sure. Milwaukee has needs, but I mean, there's not a point guard prospect, and that's what they really no, need, no. I think, right? With Carter Williams as confusion, yep. why not roll the dice? Yeah. No, I, mean, I think I mean I've I'm made... fine with it from a from a a gambling standpoint. If you feel like you have those that position covered already, which they they kind of do. Yeah. So I, can you imagine a Giannis Jabari and uh, Thon that, front yeah, court? That's Jabari with the shortest wingspan there at seven two. The only problem is I think it's a bunch of shot takers and not a lot of shot Thon makers. You could have just say Thon makers, but that's okay. Well, I just wanted to make sure yeah. the pun was understood. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> All right, so the All pick right. you like yeah. late. And then later on in the draft, two guys. The guys I spoke about earlier on our Facebook Live show, I think Henry Ellison is going to be a really nice compliment especially where he landed, which is he gets to be the recipient of all the open space that Drummond's going to create for the Pistons. I really like that pick uh, for the Pistons. I think Ellenson has, a, has an interesting career as a court spacing four uh, with good hands and, and actually a good brain on him too. Um, I liked uh, DeAndre Bembry going to the Hawks at 21. I think he's like made in a test tube to play for the Hawks. Like He's a bud, he's a bud guy. He was born a yeah. bud guy. He goes from Phil Martelli to bud. It'll be a perfect situation for him to go into. He'll have a role. He's, he was a senior. Uh, he fully understands. I mean, like if you guys think that Galloway is a good player on the Knicks, Bembry was the better player at St. Joe's, um, and he's a guy who can really play that kind of uh, three, two, three, you know, post up smaller guys, but also play physically with uh, with a guy slightly larger than him. Um, and he has a nice offensive game. So I like Bembry there. Um, I think you got to see in the NCAA tournament when St. Joe's made their little run. You know, he, he was the heart and soul of that team. Um, so you like that? There. I like uh, Wade Baldwin to Memphis. Yeah. I think uh, he's going to be a good quality player. I wonder if Milwaukee should have taken him. At 10, uh, he's not a great playmaker, but he's kind of in that uh, George Hill, yeah. uh, who I know we disagree about. I'm a big fan. You're yeah, not. I, but I think Hill's a top 20 point guard. Okay, but he's like kind of a nice sort of – he can play off others. I think he actually would have made that. a lot of sense in Milwaukee and Memphis. I think that was a nice solid pick. We'll see how that turns out. Yeah. So that's the draft, and draft. that's just a prelude to crazier stuff this free agency. And we'll be with you to chronicle it as much as we can. Uh, we'll also be out. I'll be out at the Las Vegas Summer League, and hopefully we can get some good stuff out there. When do you go out there, man? I go out there the July eighth. Cool. I'll be there until I think the twelfth or the thirteenth. Sweet. So Sweet. I'll be out there for a while. We're gonna send Mike out and try to try to get some interviews. With we'll the, see what we can the get big there. Out there. Mm-hmm. But, so uh, yeah, cool. Well, I'll tell you what. I guess everyone could just. Find us on SoundCloud and iTunes and Stitcher. Yeah, subscribe and review us, yeah. uh, you know, and keep tuning in. Hopefully we'll have some cool guests as we kind of think about this free agency. Yeah. Obviously, big stuff with Durant, a lot of money <laughs> coming out there. Yeah. Uh, and I'm always curious about this rookie class. We're going to kind of do all this grading tomorrow. We have a little bit of a gag grade draft grades post that we're I can't talk a gag post with draft grades coming out tomorrow sort of making fun of the cottage industry that's resulted there but 
last year's class turned out to be great. Sometimes these classes turn out in ways you don't expect, and you can't really tell for sure. It'll be really interesting to see how these guys yeah. develop uh, and whether teams really made some mistakes. You know, I, everybody gets some things wrong in yeah. the draft. It's uh, true, but uh, except for you, Ben, you get everything right. No, I've been uh, I've been wrong more than I've been right, probably. But nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless, it's easy when you're a Sixers fan to be wrong a lot. Um, but I'll tell you what. Uh, not a bad pod, Mike. Just a late, late pod. Um, guys, again, subscribe, uh, rate, review. Find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Stitcher. Um, under, or limited underscore upside. That's the uh, the Twitter handle. That's Mike Prada SBN. I'm um, at EpiBen. Um, I guess until next time, it's been a wonderful 2016 NBA season. And on to the Summer League and Free Agency for the Limited Upside Podcast.